Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. The bicycle is a perfect way of getting a lot of fresh air. We noticed that it was an anti-stress sport because it concentrated totally on the bicycle. When you ride a bicycle, you don't think about the new album, how we're going to get to launch it. We realised during three or four hours on the bicycle, we were discussing things like, hey, you have new brakes. Oh, where did you get your handlebars? Is that saddle well adjusted? Or... What about the pedals? Things that were only connected with cycling. cold autumnal morning here in the middle of February in Melbourne, you certainly need to get on your bike to pedal those blues away. Good show coming up, but many thanks first up to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. The battle is still being fought against fake news. We should listen all to it. On the show today, the usual roundup of um, news and events. Plus, I'm going to put a couple of words together here. Cyclocross. UCI, Fields of Cold Joy. How does that come across? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do you get a great bike race down to Australia? Faith, good morning. Good morning, Val. And Cole, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. I wanted that brass band as you walked in, but we couldn't get it this week. They were booked out. They are doing something at 3XY. (laughs) Faith, I know you've got a bike moment lined up for us. Oh, my bike moment this morning was a, a kind of slightly miserable one. It was it was just that riding here um, and the sudden change where you I, – I had the feeling yesterday I was thinking, I think autumn's going to be early this year. And riding here, I thought, no, I think we're just skipping autumn and going straight into winter. It was uh, – Very good. It was cold. It was, it was cold. Miserable-ish. Didn't have that nice on. autumn yep. feel. So. I'm trying to work out where my long pants are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Cole, I know you've probably got a great uh, bike moment, so I've got a depressing one I'll go first, if that's mm. all right with you. Yeah, it's <laughs> <fun way>. <laughs> <laughs> In this new age where everybody feels free to comment on somebody as they ride past or their driving skills or maybe their parent or, or something like that, a couple of weeks ago, I pulled up at the corner of, um, what is it, um, Brunswick Street and the, the freeway there going to go across. It must have been a Saturday afternoon on the ride home from work. And there are a couple of, two couples standing at the lights, probably about my age. And I pulled up at the lights and uh, one of the blokes turned to me and said, gee, aren't you a bit old to be doing that? 
I thought, oh, thank you, sir. That's a lovely thing to say to somebody. Aren't you a bit old to be commenting on people who don't, you don't, don't know, know in public? Maybe you should get a filter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you have to take that advice seriously sometimes. Yep. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Colt? Yeah, my bike moment's just a little bit random, so bear with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So p- part of this trip when we went to Luxembourg for the CX World, so prior to that we spent some time in Taiwan. So we've got some good friends in Melbourne who are Taiwanese who invited us to Taiwan for like two years and eventually we went, yeah, right, we'll go. Um, so one of the things I noticed straight away was how different the traffic was, right? So, you know, they don't have the luxury of big, wide you know, modern roads like we do, you know, lots of twisty turny stuff through markets and things. So very narrow, pedestrians on the road, lots of scooters, lots of cars, you know, so but they've got this patience for each other and they work in, you know, so you know, if someone comes across on the wrong side of the road, coming head on to you, no problem. Going around the corner, you've got scooters going up the inside, no problem. And we saw this with a number of local Drivers, you know, we were lucky to be looked after while we were there, and eventually I said, "Look, you know, because it's all Mandarin and Taiwanese." So I said to one of our you know, as hosts, so, "Can you ask the driver? I said, do they ever use a horn? You know, because I'm just seeing all these opportunities. That, you know, in Australia, some people would be all on the horn." And he says, "Yes, of course. We say thank you with the horn. <laughs> right? That's what it's used for. And so to have this." patient and beautifully accepting society like was just a real item it was a, a, like looking into the future is about what's possible yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting that um i remember in Phnom Penh where the traffic's very similar um and hectic and seeing there they use the horn frequently but again not the way we use it not at all in anger it's just a punctuation it's a i'm here i'm 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 here in front of you on the wrong side of the road or I'm just mm, going to zip yeah. in here in that tiny five-centimetre space. It's it's a very friendly... So there's this constant horn blowing, but it's it's just this soft yeah. sort of... So as crazy as that traffic was, I'd be more than comfortable riding amongst yep. it. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, you know, we've got great roads and great infrastructure yep. and it just seems like the attitude's more that you're holding me up it's all about me, me, yeah. me, me, yeah. whereas you know, Taiwan, it seemed to be about us and let's just work together and get it done. So yeah. Yeah. it's quite beautiful. There's a, well, I know this is going to be up topic and I'm not going to wait into your time talking about sex, but there's been a lot of great studies that um, show that cultures that rely on, and they pick two of them, rice or wheat, rice is a communal planting and harvesting. We harvest your field, then we go to the neighbours and field that whereas wheat's much more independent and solitary. And there's a defining, you know, it's still that definition in a lot of societies that people like Taiwan who come from rice-growing areas and communal areas have an idea of sharing communal space much better than this land is mine, I grow my wheat, I look after it by myself. You know, it translates one to the other. And they f- they're forever inviting you into their house and cooking yeah. for you. And it's, yeah. you know, it is it's about perfect, sharing and uh, community. Yeah. Uh, and the other, the other thing about that study that shows is there's a lot more sexism in societies that rely on the wheat growers or come from the wheat growers. 
there's not as much sexual differentiation in a communal society. Anyway, let's get off topic a little <laughs> bit. Sorry. <laughs> Taiwan. Yeah. News? News. I'll uh, lead off. I won't go into... We won't dwell on it too much. But um, there was a, a cyclist shot on the uh, Murrayton Mountains Rail Trail near Everton on the weekend. A 72-year-old man was riding his bike. He was from Melbourne. Um and was shot multiple times in the head and chest and luckily is okay um, and recovering well in hospital. But the reason that particularly, oh, well, I mean, it would caught you, catch your eye anyway, was that there was someone was shot in the knee while riding down near Southland four days before that. So um, hopefully that's just pure coincidence and uh, not a sign of anything more. Uh, and where was he shot again on one of those rail trials? Uh, at, near Everton on yeah. the Murray to Mountains Rail Trail. He was going up to Beechworth. There we go. Now, um, people who live in Melbourne, people particularly right from the southeast into the city, be aware that St Kilda Road's about to get ripped up to put down the um, Domain Tunnel. There's been an 18 month study going on about the best way to produce a safer St Kilda Road. The usual. Uh, the, um, one of the featured designs was Copenhagen lanes for the love for that 1.9 kilometres from, I think, Princess Bridge all the way down to Carlisle Street was one. Anyway, that has been officially deferred now because they're a little bit worried that if we give more space to cyclists, you might inconvenience a few motorists. So that's going to go on the back burner for a little while. <laughs> Next up, the... Um, we were all overjoyed when the, the government in New South Wales seemed to back away from the anti-cycling laws up there. A nice little interesting occurrence from um, somebody not in the group speak this week was uh, the Deputy Mayor of Sydney, Karen Phelps, who spoke out and said, yes, there should be compulsory bike ID and cyclists should actually pass the licence test before they let loose on Sydney roads. <laughs> and drivers too? <laughs> Sydney drivers require no, to... No, yeah. that's not. Um, and just for locals, um, the Darabin Yarra Trail Link, which has been in the works for over 10 years and was finally started last year, is getting closer to completion. So that's the shared path link from Sparks Reserve in Ivanhoe over to the main Yarra Trail. So that um, should be opening shortly and um, will make it much easier to get down from the north onto the Yarra Trail. Also in the city of Yarra, the Squeaky Wheel are running a series of um, bike uh, workshops with uh, teenagers via Yarra Youth uh, Services. So um, if you're interested, this will involve training with Second Chance Cycles on how to um, do basic maintenance on your bike, how to ride safely in traffic, and also discussions around using your bike to access work or what sort of work is available with bikes. And um, there's an information session on Tuesday at 6.15 at Yarra Youth Centre in Napier Street. So if you're a teenager and live, work or play in the city of Yarra and are interested in that, you should pop along to that. You can check out the information at the Squeaky Wheel website, but we'll also put a link up on the podcast when it goes up. And we'll be right back to 
have a look at how do you get a UCI event into Australia. For progressive people around the world, it's been a hard start to the year. Trump is rolling out his racist agenda, inspiring increased racial, religious and gender-based hatred across the globe. It really is time to rally together to fight for a better world. There is power in numbers and there is power in independent, community-run media. Join the swelling number of people fighting back by becoming a member of your radical activist radio station. Show us your love and subscribe to 3CR. Call us on 9419 8377 or pay online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show on 3CR. Colin, Colin Bell from Sunbury Cycling Club and Fields of Joy is our studio guest today and is going to tell us about his recent trip to the Cyclocross World Championships in Luxembourg. Maybe we can kick off and then just uh, keep going with um, how you how did uh, a Fields of Joy end up in Luxembourg? Yeah, it's a. I love this story. Um, one of our club members, Adam Jones, his mother was camping and got to know some Europeans who were camping next to them. And it turns out that um, the couple were, you know, basically the organisers of Luxembourg World Championships. And over a period of time, um, Adam, oh, Adam's. Mum and Dad went to visit them in Europe and Adam and Anya went to visit them in Europe and got to know them and Eric's taken a... a Eric Light is the president of the organising committee. He took an interest in our work in at Fields of Joy about two years ago, which has been lovely because we've known who he is, you know, and he'd ask questions about the course and um, he was full, always full of encouragement, you know. We always felt, you know, we're just a you know, local race series and uh here we've got someone's organized in the world's taking time out of their day to you know show an interest in us so um so he invited us to go to the worlds and you know obviously that's a once in a lifetime opportunity so we we went and uh it was literally the most amazing experience so he just rolled out the red carpet for us you know so where they come from um is a place where you know, they're very passionate about cyclocross and they want to see it, you know, globalise and very keen for it to grow outside of Europe. And so Australia's seen as a, you know, a, a fun destination and, you know, a perfect place to you know, spread cyclocross and grow cyclocross and develop it. So he he's very much about, no, keep going, keep going, because, you know, one day it'd be great to have a World Cup in in Melbourne, so you know, if we can help you, we will. And so, you know, he said, "Come <laughs> to the worlds, and we'll introduce you to all the people at the UCI and show you around." And and true to their word, that's what they did. So we had this amazing, amazing trip. So. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, there must be heaps to talk about from that trip, but. What were the the things that really struck you and that you feel 
you know, are really going to be significant and important for cyclocross and the events here? Yeah, I think in Australia, I, I believe there's been a growing sophistication amongst that cyclocross community in terms of um, what they expect and what they expect of courses and the level of organisation you need. So, And I think that's a really good thing. Um, going to the Worlds just, like, blew my mind completely in terms of, you know, the amount of effort they'd gone to and how well organised it was and the amount of uh, infrastructure they had in place. You know, they, they did not cut a corner like the whole course was barriered and the out the crowd side was double barriered. So there'd be nine kilometres of barriers, you know. We we will use six hundred metres of barriers around yeah. the finish, you know. Like you just I I call it event organisers affliction. You walk in and you you know, you start you count toilets and you look at well, how much is that marquee gonna yeah. cost and that and so you know, like just it was amazing just the level of organisation. And um, so, you know, so they're well-funded, but what, what's also significant about it is they, they do rely heavily on volunteers even at that level, and so they'd used 550 volunteers in the lead-up and, and to put that event Change on over event. two days. So, you know, to create that sort of community and that sort of, you know, environment... Um, you know, it sort of that was one of the real standouts for me was the amount of heart that Eric Leiter brought to that team and to that event. And you know, we were lucky enough to go to the VIP dinner and listen to all the speeches. You know, the amount of love in that room for what he had done and the amount of help that you know, he had got from people and the appreciation for all of that—it was all two way. It was was really really touching. So, the other big takeaway is. Um, just course difficulty, you know. Over time, you know, we've, we've had the luxury of being able to provide uh, hard courses, and you know, we, we have found locally that the harder you make the course, it seems, you know, the more people enjoy it. So, and we're conscious not to over-feature things or to make things too hard. Go and when we got there and saw that course, particularly when it was under snow and ice, mm. it was just like TV cannot do it justice how steep and how big these you know features were just unbelievable like some of them were like just mainly that it's the descents which I found you know so next level because um, they're like sheer drops they, they look like they're on an angle on TV but it's like <laughs> just sheer drop on you know so when you've got the Euro pros propping at the top during a race yeah you know that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's scary so but the yeah the big takeaway I think uh, we, we had I saw a lot of feedback on social media that you know we should um, try and replicate those conditions so Australians can prepare and that the, the reality is you know we, we don't have snow and ice so it's very hard to mm-hmm. ever replicate that and that course was a world championships course um, it was so hard and so next level that you know, if you put that on in Australia, like, you know, people would have to walk a, a yep. large per- or run a large percentage of the course. It would just be too hard. So, so yeah, lot, lots to take away from yeah. it. The big, the big one, though, was just how the organisers approach things. And 
Like, they were so well organised because they took the care to consider what, what's required for the crowd, you know, to be comfortable and what mm-hmm. will the riders need. And so it, it was all about heart and caring that seemed to be the culture within that whole team. Yeah. Um, and I, that, for me, was a, the big lesson. It's not a big to-do list that you chug through. Right, you have to bring heart to the event, and yeah. it actually showed in the event. You know, that that was quite amazing. And um, we know there were lots of, especially uh, in the women's race, lots of special moments with the racing. But um, what other really special moments were there for you guys there as guests? <laughs> well, we've only got so long. Uh, <laughs> so we we did. We were well looked after. So one, one of the, the other big standout was um, another one, and this was, again, from the VIP dinner. So we got to meet, you know, the people from the UCI. So we met um, Brian Cookson and Peter Van Abels, who's the head of CX internationally for UCI. So the big standout there was the amount of respect that they have for race organisers. Um, you know, they turn up to... Yeah, the, the worlds at Luxembourg. That I think that took four or six years to organise. Like it'd been in play for a long period of time. They'd obviously spent a lot of money. There was a lot of resources behind it. So the, the UCI got a role in seeing that successful, um, and obviously got you know their own responsibilities in terms of officiating. But they've got a very very deep respect for race organisers. And we were introduced as race organisers from Australia and the press release had just come out that, you know, the 2018 fixture announced Australia and Portugal as new cyclocross nations and, you know, they were beautiful and and welcoming of us um, and very encouraging and very hopeful that, you know, we might go from small beginnings with a C2 to something much larger in the future and... They too were very much about wanting to see cyclocross, you know, globalise um, and come from a place of passion for the sport. So I just just thought that was another beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, there is we we talk about cyclocross and the community, and we feel that here in Australia, but that that's worldwide and yeah. it's at the highest levels of the sport. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, so we do have two C2 races in Australia this year. Yeah. And so what – and there'll be races you guys are uh, – the fields of joy. Yep. So, so that heart and that – what are you going to be – do you see anything you can immediately sort of apply or start? Uh, it's, a, it's a case of keep going because we, we – we have tried to bring – we have had element – not that there's anything missing with what we do. But, no. you know, for instance, when we did the 2015 Nationals, we put in a big marquee, we put in fires, you know, mm. we try and provide power washers for people to wash their bikes. We we do try and be very considerate about um, how do we make people, you know, riders and spectators comfortable and kids, um, families. Yeah. You know, so – for, for me, it's more like, no, you're on the right path. Yep. Keep, keep going. Validation. Keep doing that. 
And it was funny because we we had many conversations with Eric Glider about what they do. You know, we're basically trying to get a data dump of everything we could. Um, and he's he he because of course we raise kids, mm. right? He says that's the one thing you've got that you know you're you're more advanced than us because in Europe we don't do that. So oh. he says because you could raise three year olds. Yeah. You know, he says that that's keep doing that and that's something we're jealous of he says i'd love to have that here in europe so yeah. you know, i was a bit taken aback by that so and and that's another thing is to try and bring heart to that so a classic example for us is you know when we, when we run an event the truth is doing the kids results is one of the hardest things we do because we don't transpond to time them so yeah. we've actually had a discussion around it. it's like well maybe we should transpond to time the kids because yeah, they know whether they finish fourth or fifth, yeah. and if yeah. you make a mistake with that, yeah. then you know they're three or four, and you know, like you've you've got to respect them yeah. as competitors as well. As funny as that sounds, so um, that's the sort of heart you need yeah. to bring to it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, so, I guess for. What what's the difference then for Fields of Joy with those C two events from the events you've run before? Like, what's going to be different for you as organisers? Well, first of all, um, we'd hope to attract some international riders. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now the reality is, you know, you're not going to get the top tier of the sport. You know, they they, they race in Europe, so you know, only a percentage of those will actually go to the states to race World Cups and stuff. So. Um, but we do expect that because there's UCI points on offer that you know yep. there, there are a lot of riders that have got a motivation to get points before heading to Europe. So, yep. um, and our timing is that we're close to China with with their mm-hmm. UCI rated races. So um, we're hoping that it makes sense that you know if you're going to come all the way to China that you also yeah pop by Australia. You yeah. know it is a ten hour flight, but you know like yep. you, you know in big scheme of things are relatively close so what it means for us and what is different is that australian riders can also get points yeah c2 points in addition to what they might pick up at the national championships yeah which goes a long way to improving your star position if you yes. do go and race in europe so um wh- so what we expect is just a lift in profile around the race um but if there's international riders coming here, it, it already starts building that community, like integrating Australia well, into that. All right, so just another ex- random example of where you bring heart to it. What we'd like to do is have something like, well, I'm going to have internationals come, so maybe we need... Hosts. A, well, hosts, I call it adopt an international, yeah. right? So we'd like people to feel welcome when they come to Race to Australia. So they might not have English as their first language or... You know, they're not going to carry rollers, so they're yep. going to need somewhere to warm up. And you know, it'd just be nice that you know, if we have a community response to make them feel welcome, you know, and you know, that's something that's relatively easy to organise. You just need to communicate that. So. Yeah. But what will it mean in terms of C two racing? So first of all, we've got Airport Toyota who are taking on the headline sponsorship. So we've we've got very good backing that they're. They are fantastic in that they, they do put on their own events. So they do Ride to the Divide. Um, they have had an involvement in NRS, so yeah. they understand what's involved. Um, so it makes them very easy to work with. 
everyone's really, really excited because we know that we'll pull big numbers of riders, yeah. we'll pull big numbers of spectators. And it's like, you know, we've just got to put a big party on. Everyone's already going to come, you know. Like, yeah. like you know, it's actually quite exciting to, to lead into. Um, what we're hoping to do is to be able to demonstrate, you know, through rider numbers, um, spectators and you know, sponsor involvement, is that there is a desire and a community here in Melbourne uh, supporting cyclocross, and it is worth taking the sport to the next level. All right, so this is a stepping stone towards, you know, convincing people that yeah, we can have a World Cup in, in Melbourne, and it's not that expensive, and you can have an international event in the middle of winter when there's yeah. not much else going on, and you can build it into a mini tour down under, you know. It's, yeah. Um, and you don't have to build you know, facilities, stadium. Oh. a stadium, <laughs> and you know have a you know ten year construction. Or yeah. Something like that. yeah. Awesome. So, if people want to keep up with news from Fields of Joy, uh, what's the best spot for them to find? Yeah, by far easiest is through Facebook for mm-hmm. us. So we've got a Fields of Joy Facebook page, um, and we'll put and a link up to that. Yeah. So it is February. Our racing is at the end of August, so 26th and 27th. So um, the wheels are in motion and have been for a while, but we'll start getting much more serious now, getting organised. So that Facebook page will get a lot more active with calls upon that community to help us out. Yeah, great. You You were right, Cole. There's not enough time. <laughs> no, no, this is it. Yeah. And so that's all we have time for today. There are some events coming up, but we'll put the information about those up with the podcast when uh, it goes live within a day or two. You've been listening to the Arabug Radio Show on 3CR. 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air. So if you'd like to subscribe, now February is our subscriber drive month and it's a great time to do so. You can subscribe at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is Dirt Radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.